UFC, way more than a fantasy. Let's see who going toe to toe. Throw down on the mat, check the replay, run it back. We gotta check the stats. Ain't, ain't do this every day. We ain't come to play. This is sports talk, and we love talking MMA. Everything fantasy sports. Dope show that I know. With electric Dave and talented Mr. Taco. Let's go. Hey, G. What's up, everybody? This is the Daily Sporting Blitz, or TDS Blitz, as we like to say. This is a rankings episode, and we're ranking tight ends in PPR settings. Okay, PPR, as you, as most people know, is a point per perception. All right? And what we're going to do in this particular um, episode here is break down some of our favorite guys, break down some of the guys that we're looking at. We're going to show you some of our in-depth rankings and be able to get you kind of situated for what we see this tight end landscape being. Ricky, off the bat, man, how are you feeling about these tight ends? Um, tight ends are always I've, – I've always had an issue with them. Um, you know with me, I mean, years have you been in fantasy, tight ends always seems to be like the one thing I'm always missing, I'm always trading for. Um, you know, besides the top guys, uh, you know, which is about four, right, four or five, mm-hmm. let's say, um, after that, you know, it's it's I don't want to say a crapshoot, but you know what you're getting for some. But as far as like production, there's always a year or two where this tight end comes out, another one comes um, surprises you, and then and then you know you pick them up off waivers, things like that. Uh, I think uh, Logan Thomas was one of them last year. Uh, so so again, tight end to me is one of the very one of the positions that always seems to elude me and always seems to be the trickiest for me. Yeah. Um, I think consistently it's one of those tricky positions because there's so few playmakers at that position, and it's relatively new um, that we're starting to see more playmakers come out of that position. But the problem with that is that, you know, these people endure rookie seasons. They endure, you know, injuries, and it kind of puts it in an up-and-down situation. Now, I have a question for you off the bat. Last season, there was a gap between second and third, like there always is, because right. second versus third. How large of a gap do you think it is between those two positions? You mean between the second tight end and the third? And tight end three. Three? As far as point-wise? Yep, points. For the, for the season in total. Like probably is it like a 100-point drop? It is actually a 100-point drop. Darren Waller was at so the number one to apple this up here so you guys can see it right, right here. But the number one tight end last season was Travis Kelsey at a 312 points. He had 105 receptions, 416 yards, 11 touchdowns. He was number one. Then you're looking at you know about you know almost like 40 to 50 points lower. Yeah, you see Darren Waller. 107 receptions, uh, you know, 100, uh, 1196 on the yards, nine touchdowns. Then that's where we see Robert Tunyon. It's a 100-point drop-off, and it's Robert Tunyon, who was someone that was off the waiver wires it in most leagues being there, and he was buoyed by his 11 touchdowns. He had five Yeah, that, that's what it was for me. Was, Tanya was getting touchdowns like almost every week. Was, was You know, every week that came by, he was getting a touchdown. Yep. But the biggest thing about him – it's like when you look at it, the tight ends after Waller, they significantly dropped off. And Hayden Hurst, when you look at it, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. You drafted Hayden Hurst. You really were disappointed in his production. And he was yeah. still the ninth highest scoring tight end on the season last year. 
So I think it's one of those positions where we may be too quick to give up on a guy, and you might have to hold him for most of the season. Or, or, or it's, you know, sometimes it's not even that you know you're giving up. You expected more like Hurst was a good one because I expected more from him, right? Yep. Thinking he was behind Andrews, right? Now he's by himself, right? And yep. the Falcons throw. So I had high hopes. But like you said, it's such a drop, like, you know, 100 points from second to third. So you can't expect if you drafted a tight end in the end that he's going to give you that top tier or even top tier, second tier production. Because, he was, we, we he was off the really waiver wire. He was off the waiver wire in most leagues. Like, you know, yeah. in most leagues that I, I'm, I was playing in, I got him off the waiver wire. You know, most, people, most people thought Jimmy Graham that um, – no, not Jimmy Graham, but most people thought someone else at tight end was going to show up before he did. Um, one other thing that we have to note here is that George Kittle, who only played eight games last season, was still one of the better <laughs> tight ends and put yeah. up 125 points, which was only – you know, 50 points behind the number three tight end. And, yeah. and the number three tight end played 16 games and uh, Kittle played eight. So he only played eight games more or eight games less than um, than Tanya. I think that that's super, super interesting when you look at the fact of how much potential Kittle has right. and how bad tight end could be. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you. It's one of those positions, like I said, I've always – it's always eluded me. It's always been an issue for yep. me. Um, but I knew that when you said it, I knew there was like a hundred point drop. I know there's a big drop. And then like yeah. you said, Kittle is 50 behind Tanya, who's number three. Yeah. That's really two games for him. You know, yeah. it could be two games for, for, for Kittle. He can make that up in two games. Yeah. That's how much Kittle scores. So again, coming into this year, he's going to be a top tight end, right? He's going to be a top pick yep. uh, up there with Kelsey. But yeah. again, yeah. Um, it, it does show you that. how a tight ends are really iffy. Yep, and, and speaking to that, we both have Kittle and Kelsey as the number one and two tight ends. Yeah. Um, for me, I have Waller at number three. Just when you look at what he's done over these last couple of years, last season in 2019, he had, he was a number two scoring tight end. In the season before that, when we look at the tight ends, he was in the top three. So he's kind of feel I feel like he's he's consistently reached this 220, 200, uh, you know, 70 type threshold. He has a good upside. I don't really see much competition for him with the Raiders. Um, so I'm, I'm very bullish on Waller. Uh, to me, Waller and Kittle are, are neck and neck where it really just depends on what you're looking for right. as far as if you're really afraid of that kid, the Kittle injuries or if you really believe that Waller has more upside still available in him. You have Andrews at four, who I, I have ranked at seven. So give me a little bit about how you feel about Andrews and, and why you have him ranked. Well, uh, I, I just think, again, I think Ravens are going to open it up more. I think they're going to pass more. Um, if you look at Andrews, you know, again, he didn't have a great season yesterday. He wasn't – they didn't throw at me. That that offense was was really um, – for Andrews, it was – it was he, he, he still was a big target, right? Um, Last season, he scored 170 points, so he was ranked as the number six tight end. He had seven touchdowns, 701 yards, 58 catches. He was pretty solid. I had him for my season last year. He was pretty good in the beginning. He had a lull in the middle, and he had some games at the end where he really started to come on. But uh, he was a little frustrating like most tight ends, but at the end of the day, he did score. Yeah, he, and I think they're just going to get better this year. Again, I, I think they're opening it up more. Um, again, you know, what always kills us with the Ravens is uh, Jackson getting those red zone 
uh, carries. But um, I, I do think they might even try to get back to you know getting Andrews in the uh, in the end zone. I, I think that seven touchdowns could be you're, you're looking at double digits. Okay, okay. I, I definitely uh, think that he does have a lot of upside, but it's really going to come down to how that offense plays and who Lamar Jackson ends up um, becoming or who Lamar Jackson favorites or he, yeah. who he peppers with the targets because Marquise Brown, while he's been good, he hasn't been great. He hasn't no, he hasn't sold you on his capabilities. Right. You, you're looking at a guy like um, well, who they signed. They signed Sammy Watkins, Watkins and then yeah. they signed uh, and they drafted um, Rashad Bateman. Yeah. So they ha- they have a couple of playmakers that they they got on this team that they're expecting big things from. So it just comes down to a question of who Lamar Jackson picks now. And uh, what is it? Um, Kyle Pitts. At he's for me the number four tight end. I could possibly push him up higher. I'm totally infatuated with Pitts. I love his upside. I think he's one of those few rookie tight ends that does have the potential to be. Um, you know, historical. He could put up possibly the greatest season for a tight end that we've ever seen and and beat guys like Ingram and Mike Dicka. Um, he's in a situation where there's no Julio Jones this season. So right. he's going to possibly be the number two receiving option on a team that doesn't have a great defense. And you should ex- expect to be in a lot of passing games. So I'm very bullish on Pitts. And, uh, you know, like we saw in, in the combine and saw in his draft stock, this kid is a freak athlete with tons of ability. Right. So I, I'm definitely very intrigued by, by Kyle I, Pitts. I think he, he's a rookie that's going to make an impact right away. Absolutely. I don't, I don't think there's any doubt about that. They're going to yep. use him as if he's a veteran. You know what I mean? Like they're going to yep. put him in all the offensive schemes. Um, yep. He's that talented. Um, again, I have to see what it is now with Ridley and only, you know, I know Julio Jones took, took takes away targets, but again, when you had those two, the tight end, you know, was kind of secondary, right? Now he's going to be the main objective. One of the main objectives besides Ridley, um, those are going to be their big two, two weapons, two weapons. Um, I got to see Matt Ryan another year, another year older. Again, he's normally, always pretty solid but again he had a really lot of ups and downs last year more than than i've seen before yeah and the one thing that i'll point to though is like what we've seen out of tony gonzalez and what we saw um you know with austin hooper is that matt ryan and the tight end generally have a good connection and if we're going to go back to more of that type offense where you're going to see tight end play because they have hurts and they have hits I think right. there's a good situation that you could see Pitts really starting to explode, especially when you look at the kind of dynamic playmaker that he is. So I think Pitts is going to be one of the most interesting tight ends to watch. Um, you know, like Ricky said, he's kind of more of like he has to see it before he can believe it type guy. Whereas me, I'm I'm very interested and infatuated with the potential upside that you get out of this guy. And right. I'm willing to take a risk, especially at this position where we've seen so many guys not be able to consistently score. I think I would be willing to take a reach and a risk on him in the fourth, fifth round of drafts. Um, but I don't like some of these guys who are taking him in the second. I, I may be in the third and the back end of the third, but I don't know if I could take him in the front end of the third. Like the you, when you say reach, like I don't think it's a reach if you choose him over anyone that I have under him. Well, what I'm saying is a reach is like you're taking him in the third round or you're taking him in the second round. Like to me, yeah. that's reaching on him because there's other players on the board that'll be more helpful. Yeah. Like no. if you're talking about getting him in the back end of the third, 
fourth round, I can consider him because of the upside over some of the other guys that would be on the well, board. Well, I mean, again, it's, we know it's Kelsey and Kittle first, right? They're, they're, they're going to be the first two out probably right. out the gate. Now it's or really Waller. I mean, you could or Waller, very much or Waller, or, yeah, or Waller. Waller over Kittle. Or Waller. Um, so to me, again, I don't see how someone reaches and picks him in the second round. I mean, that would be – I mean, you, you're over I – mean, it, it depends on how your draft goes. What if you have a guy you – know, what if you have Kittle, Kelsey, and Waller gone in the, in the first couple rounds? You could look at a situation where if you're in a 14-team league in, in that back end – I don't know if, if, if the receivers that are there or any running backs that you're going to choose pits over them. I don't know. I mean, well, that's what I'm me, saying. That's what I'm saying. That's a, if, that I'm getting, a big if I'm getting a second round pick is a big reach to me for him. Right, right. That's what that's I'm saying. That I wouldn't go that high with him. Yeah, I wouldn't but I would. But I, and positional scarcity, I know a lot of people factor it in. But if you're talking back in the third, fourth round, fifth round, that's a perfect prime time position to snatch a guy with this kind of upside, in my opinion. That's that's I think yeah. the good. If you're range. choosing the second round, you're saying he's going to be as good as Kittle or Kelsey. I think that's very possible, though. Like I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like I think, I don't know if that's possible this season. I, I, I really think that people are underplaying his upside. This kid could be the best tight end that ever played the game of football. Like people aren't respecting him like that. People yeah, respect- you gotta see it. You, you, you. I get where you right gotta away. see it, but this, right this, away, this, this, this is this is how you win championships, though. Now, if you draft him in the second round, you're expecting that, then he has to produce at that. But if you get him in the fourth round, and he out, no, that's, these but that's guys, a different story. What I'm saying to you, you choose in the second. You, he's gonna be a bust if, he, if he's not. If he's not at least top, he has four. no wiggle ring. He, well, yeah, there's no. Yeah, no you're 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 all in. You're thinking, oh, this guy's gonna be like a receiver for me. That's what you're thinking. If you're yes, that's next that. year. That's right. his next year price. Next next year, when guys like you start buying into the Kool Aid, that's when he's gonna be a once, once he has a year under his belt. Then that's a different story. Yeah, so this is going to be a big year for him. There's more of a gamble involved, but the question is going to be how spicy do you feel and how do you want to build your team? Yeah, because there is positional scarcity that you have to factor into it, which is why sometimes you might see him go a little bit higher. Now, with the next guy down, um, you had Pitts at your five. I have TJ Hawkinson at my number six, and I have Andrews at my number seven. So we already spoke about Andrews, so let's speak about Hawkinson right here. And Ricky, I'll, I'll let you go on, on this one. Well, I mean, um, it's really is you know. Listen, we already know what um, Goff loved to do, right? With with Higby and and Everett. Um, so again, now, I mean, again, he's getting a quarterback that loves his tight end. Um, but is to me, it's a it's a downgrade, right? I mean, I don't see how you could you could say it's not a downgrade. But again, who else is a out there who? for the quarterback? Um. Yeah. To me, from Stafford to golf, it's, it's, it's a downgrade. I mean, you're going from get having Stafford throw to you to now having golf. Oh, yeah. It's a huge downgrade. It's a huge downgrade. So, but again, who else is out there? He's going to get main, the main, be one of the main focal points. And we know golf loves his tight ends. He used Everett, he used Higby all the time when they're available, right? When they were out there. So, mm-hmm. uh, again, uh, you know, to me, Hawkinson. I like him. I, I think he's he's he was sneaky good last year. You know, he wasn't. You know, he didn't put up these big numbers. But at the end, uh, if you look at everything at the end, he he was. You know, he was number four. I mean, I I liked him a lot. I had him on he my was, team. Uh, number five. Number five. Um, I had him on my team, uh, a couple of teams. So I I, I still think he's going to produce 
somewhat what you're seeing now. Maybe a little, probably a little less. See, like, that's my thing, though. I, I see go down a little less. If he like, goes down, scroll, scroll down more. He's right here. He's 700. Yeah, I, I, I want to see what the other points are be, uh, below him. Uh, he I mean, can't do he... worse than this. If he's doing less than 700 yards and six touchdowns, he's an absolute bust. And if you're taking him anywhere near your top 50 picks, 60 picks, you are losing. And I think that's something we also have to keep in mind where we're going to drop him. He may be right the high, but if he does any worse than this, he's he is not. Yeah, and then, and it's, it's, it's again, it's possible that he does a little worse than that. I don't think he gets to Gasecki numbers, but I think he's he could be in the one sixty-five. I can see. I mean, you're only talking about 11, 11 points between Gasecki and Andrew. I mean, uh, yeah. well, Gasecki and uh, Hawkinson. Yeah, but if he if points. he just starts doing one fifty, I mean, he had a bad. I mean, it depends where you picked him, but that that would be. You're gonna take a hit there, yeah. And also, if we look at it just so that we can have context here, I feel like last year was a little bit more of a down year for the tight end, but overall, it does come into a, a similar, similar look, right? And if we look here again, there goes Higby showing up. Um, Higby that season again, there was two tight ends that they were running because Everett was still in town there. Yeah, he was. Uh, there. But this speaks to what Ricky was saying. Uh, Higby was targeted 89 times, 69 receptions. I mean, again, you could probably see a season like this from Hawkinson. Um, and <clears throat> you're not going to be mad at it, but his ceiling is kind of limited. Yeah, yeah, that that I would definitely say. You are you know what you're getting with him, but sometimes you just need that for your team as a tight end. Yeah. And, again, I like his upside more than Andrews, uh, just to the mere fact of there's more mouths to feed with the Ravens versus – the the Lions, like Ricky said, he is probably going to be the de facto number one option, which yeah. does give him good upside. But the question is, how good can Jared Goff be and how much do you trust the Lions? So that that's your game as well. So like uh, the perfect comparison to me is Pitts and, and Hawkinson, because I could see Hawkinson with the more experience and, and the huge target share being a monster. And I see Pitts uh, as someone who, you know, is young, but you know, isn't that great, but also has that potential to be um, a big monster. So uh, I think that's going to really be, be a big, uh, a big factor to look at. Right. Now, when we go down our list here, uh, we see here just so we can scroll and show you guys uh, from there, we go into uh, Logan Thomas, Dallas Goddard, Noah Fant. We have all three of these guys ranked fairly close. Uh, Goddard, uh, as we see there in, in Philadelphia, he has opportunity for a breakout season. Fant, there's a lot of receivers with the Broncos, but we don't know what receiver is going to be favored. Yeah. He's already shown big play capability. And Logan Thomas, as we've seen, has great upside, is a big play receiver. And, uh, you know, Fitzpatrick has shown, uh, you know, nice affinity for the tight end, as we've seen some of the years that he's had with Mike Gusecki and, and how he's put up numbers. So, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see um, which one of these tight ends ends up really coming out the gates and uh, and exploding. You, you you know one the one of the quarterbacks to me, you know we, I, I know there's a lot of new quarterbacks going on new teams, but one of the biggest quarterbacks to me that could change the whole offense and change all the fancy players uh -huh. is uh, Fitzpatrick going to Washington. Um, I I think. You saw what their players did with a mix and match 
of quarterbacks throughout the season. Um, I think you finally get a a someone that is is consistent, who's you know normally is always going to start right. Um, you know what you're getting out of Fitzpatrick. He can really change the landscape of how those players now. Like if you get the good Fitzpatrick during like the early the the Jet years or the first Jet year or the you know last year the, the years with Miami. I mean, that's a huge upgrade to that offense and all the players who are already doing good. We already talked about Logan Thomas coming out last year. We already talked about Terry, you know, McLaurin, what he's done the first two years with all these different quarterbacks. I, I think to me he's the most intriguing going just as um, going into it. And that's fantasy-wise, going into this team, how he could change that whole team around in reality and in fantasy. And Do, so, do some of the additional weapons – that Washington picked up in the offseason, like a Curtis Samuel, they drafted another wide receiver. Do you think that may impact him some and, and reduce some of his upside? Because we know Fitzpatrick also likes to throw that ball downfield, but Logan Thomas was an athletic player who was able to get downfield, I feel like, uh, pretty well. So, I mean, I, I think Fitzpatrick, just like a sec, he likes those big tight ends, mm-hmm. those ones that go down the middle, you know. He's a guy that stays in the pocket. He's the one. He's the guy that takes the hit. He's willing to take the hit and let these try to guys get down in the middle and throw. Uh, um, yeah, I think you're right. It's gonna. It, it's gonna affect. I mean, it's gonna, someone's gonna get affected. We talked about this last year with Atlanta. And we were like, well, Gurley can't get it, and really can't get it, and Julio, like all Hurst, like we knew one of those guys was gonna be a bust somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know where where they weren't gonna live up to what. We're expecting again. I think it's something of a similar situation with Washington. You really got to see how who Fitzpatrick favors to, or you know, has chemistry with. Uh, but I do think he he does love his big tight end targets down the middle. Absolutely, and um, Fant uh, Fant's in a situation where he has a lot of talent. But I think first we got to see who the quarterback is, and we got to see how they're going to play. So to yeah. me, there's a lot of questions around Fant Goddard. I, I'm I'm very much. Um, liking a lot of the things that that could possibly be going on there with hurts with the with the possibility that Ertz I like got even when um when Ertz was there the last couple of seasons you saw the progression mm-hmm. from season to season he started becoming more of the go-to mm-hmm. tight end right um he's literally just become like I feel like he's become like Zach Ertz like it's like what Zach Ertz used to be is what yes, he is now yes. and so he kind of took it over took the mantle mm-hmm. Again, is Ertz gone? I, I don't know. To the Ertz, Ertz, is, still, Ertz is still with the team right. um, at this current current point in time. Last season, as we see, he was only he only played eleven games. He had forty six catches, five hundred and twenty four yards, three touchdowns. So again, to me, it it it, it, it I, I you know I think this is where he takes the next step. You know what I mean? Yep. And then uh, rounding out, going in, into that next um, tier. We have Higby, who I have ranked at 10. We have Hooper, who I have ranked at 11. Irv Smith, who I have ranked at 12. Uh, for you, you have Tanyan, you have Gronk, you have Higby. Um, in, in this space here, you, I know you have Tanyan over everyone. I have Tanyan much lower down. So speak to me about Tanyan and, and, and what you feel about him. As we well, saw it's, more, it's more to me. I, I Look, I'm, I'm in the mindset that Aaron Rodgers is going to come back. He's going to play for Green Bay. I, I don't see how this gets not resolved. And I don't see Aaron Rodgers saying F it after season, you know what I mean? And sitting out. So I, I do think he comes back. Um again, um 
I, I I think he, you know, the eleven touchdowns. I don't. I'm not. I don't want to say it was. It's going to be the norm, but I don't. I don't think it was a mirage. A lot of people feel like that was a kind of a mirage. Um, no, I, I think I think he likes him in the red zone. I think he goes after them. I think he's going to target him in the red zone a lot. Um, I don't. I you know I, I could see him getting, you know, nine, ten touchdowns again. Um, and, and and you know that sh- that shows you a lot of what of what those touchdowns mean for tight ends. Yep, and as we see here in 2019, only one player had 10 tight end, 10 touchdowns, and that was Mark Andrews. And then 2019, I mean, in 2020, there was two players who had over 10 touchdowns, and that was Travis Kelsey and Robert Tunyon. I very much think that um, I agree with you in, in the fact that Tunyon is someone that they look at in the red zone. But overall, this scoring is not sustainable. Like, you cannot be a guy that gets, uh, you know, 11 touchdowns of your 52 receptions and people think that you're safe. You're a boomer, a bust type guy um, who in games where you don't score a touchdown, you're very risky. Now, he did score a touchdown in almost every single game he played, um, you know, based on these numbers. But there was games where he scored a lot where he had like three, three touchdowns in one game. I think he had two touchdowns in another game, which really buoyed his stats up. Um, but I'm not so sold on him. I, I, I like someone who I feel like could be a little bit more consi- consistent. I like what we could possibly see out of Hooper, as we saw at the end of the season last year. I feel like Hooper and um, Baker. Really yeah, no, I, I, I don't have, I think I have Hooper. Do I have Hooper in my, I think I have him, but he's lower. Um, no, yeah. I, I don't, I don't, um, I don't trust Hooper, and uh, he's, he's the one that, to me, um, is the one that automatically gets left out in that offense. He's the first. He's the first option to get left out. Mm-hmm. There, there. To me, Hooper's not someone that, uh, when it comes push to shove, Mayfield's going to look his way. Uh, I, I don't know. I, not, I, not with that. Not with Landry and OBJ back, um, and then those two massive running backs that he has. I, I just, I don't. To me, Hooper's the one. That gets that's get left out first. Like to me, it's like Tanya and, and Hooper are in similar situations where they're not the primary options for their team, but I think they could be nice. And I think that you might see Hooper and Tanya a little bit closer than than you know some people are predicting. But I, I just the chemistry that we started to see towards the end of the year between those two guys is something that interests me. Um, he did start really putting up some numbers and. He's someone that I'm looking at, and Irv Smith is someone else that I'm looking at now. That there's no uh, Kyle Rudolph there. Yeah, that, I know that you're looking that at, and you have Adam Thielen, you have Cook, and you have um, Jefferson. So he's kind of going to be a fourth option, much like a guy like Hooper. But he has a, a lot of good upside. I feel like um, with his play, he's a dynamic tight end. But you know, like we see here for these last couple of years, tight end is a risky position. It's a risk. It's it's a lot done with them is health there, because they're they're doing a lot. You know they're they're blocking, they're running these routes, and they're big guys, man. These these guys are not, you know, and so again, you see a lot of injuries, a lot of them missing games, um, missing time. Um, I don't want to say they even management, but some of the guys, you know, they 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 give them off plays and things and that, you know, of that nature, um, because. To me, well, who's interesting is the uh, the pair at um, New England. I'm really interested to see that what they do with Henry and uh, 
mm-hmm. and Smith. Um, we saw already what Belichick loves to do when he had two tight ends with um, Gronk and uh, Aaron Hernandez. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, that 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 offense really interests me as well. Those two guys interest me. Again, the biggest, and especially with Hunter Henry's, can they stay healthy? Um, if they stay healthy, I mean, I, I don't know, man. They they could be a problem. Yeah, I, I think the, the big question there, too, is, like, who's also going to be the favorite? Because you just yeah. don't know who's going to play the alpha role. Do you know how much they're going to really target the tight end? Because while theoretically speaking, we're looking back to that, realistically, we don't know what's going to happen until we start getting some game right. action and be like, this is what they're actually doing. So, you know, again, these are some gambles, but these are guys that we're definitely going to have to look at, evaluate, and see, you know, as they say, is the juice worth the squeeze? Is the point of the draft where you're getting them worth the amount of upside that you're getting. Right. Um, I think another guy that we have to look at like that is Gronk and and uh, Higby, two guys that you have ranked uh, kind of a little bit higher here. Higby was just tr- uh, not traded, but Stafford was just traded over to the Rams. And we know that he, he does a decent job tightening the tight uh, t- uh targeting the tight end as he did right. with Hawkinson last season. Um, but how do you feel about that connection? I know you have ranked pretty high. I, I mean, I, I get I have Higby that's someone that could do way better than what he did last year. Um, again, it's the same play I was doing now, it's a big upgrade now, right? You're get and you're getting someone that has shown a tendency to go to their tight end. Um, he now doesn't have, I think, Everett's gone, right? Everett's yep. not so Everett, again, now yep. Higby is the main guy. Um, I go, we, we, we know we have Cup, we know we have Woods. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, to me, that that actually helps Higby more than anything, mm-hmm. in the sense that when you have those two wide receivers, the tight end, mm-hmm. even as talented as he is, um, mm-hmm. is the one that's going to get the less attention, right? Then he's not going to get the double coverage. Um, and I think Higby's that good. He's shown to be that good. Uh, not maybe the last year, but the year before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree with you, um, Gesicki. Is someone that we have ranked actually in the same exact spot. I think he's another guy that it's really just going to be interesting to see who the targets favor as Miami's added a lot more weapons to their offense. So I don't know what's going to happen. He really didn't do that well last season. He didn't do that bad. But I would say it's a disappointing season from what most people expected because he did start to come on toward the end of last season. And him and Fitzpatrick had good and, chemistry. And I think that's the biggest thing, Steve, what you said you're gonna say. Um, I don't mean to cut you off, but is um Gusecki didn't do that great, and a lot of the great games that he had didn't come with the quarterback that he's having now. Yep. Um, so that to me, I think he's talented. I've always liked Gusecki. You could see you see what he could do, yeah. But again, um red flag just, they, they never connected, they never they yep. never meshed. It never worked. The big, the best. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't have the stats in front of me. But I'm sure if you look, Fitzpatrick's probably is, when he was in the game is probably gave uh, Gusecki the most burn, right? Um, uh-huh. Probably had his best games with Fitzpatrick. With Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick. Um, but again, to me, that is my biggest concern. Is now you're going to a quarterback that didn't develop chemistry with him. Now he has more mm-hmm. weapons, like you said, right? Now he has a, a receivers actually, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so how is it going to work? How is it going to affect Kaseki? And it can really go both ways. He can really go where he just gets lost mm-hmm. and it just becomes, you know, a you know, a tight end. That's it's, it's a great tight end. Mm-hmm. They have to keep an eye on him, but he's mm-hmm. not going to get the targets. He's not getting the, the receptions. Mm-hmm. Or it could be where 
hey, this opens up Gusecki mm -hmm. more for Tua to go to him mm -hmm. because they have to spread out the ball, because they have to worry about mm -hmm. the actual receivers. Now, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now um, as, as we wrap this up, there's one player that um, I want to talk about that you have on your list that I don't have on my list, which I'm going to be, when I update my new list, will be on my list, and that okay. is, uh, a player that was with the Rams and now has moved to Seattle, and that is tight end Everett, Gerald Everett. Um, you have him ranked as, like, your 22nd tight end overall. Right. I don't have him on the list. More than likely, Troutman, I feel like, is probably going to end up coming off. Um, I was drinking some of the preseason Kool-Aid on him, but overall, I think I'm going to probably drop him or Jarwin down or maybe Ebron and put in Everett because – with the Seattle offense, I feel like Wilson could could possibly look his way more than we're thinking. And I think at the end of the draft, he's a sneaky play. Well, I, I think if, if when you saw, I think it was not, again, not last year. I think it was the year before. Um, that year they lost. They got two tight Their tight ends got injuries. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I forget their names. But when one got hurt, the other one came in. The tight end did well two or three games. He got hurt. The backup came in. The backup of the backup came in. Yep. And you saw Wilson go to that tight end. And again, their names elude me, so I apologize. But um, they did good. So he does again have that history where he he looks the way to the tight end, right? Um, again, I, I, is it going to be consistent? That's that's the issue. How consistent going to be? Is ever going to be there for two games and then be lost for three? You really can't live with that, right? Um. You have to have some consistency. You can't get 15 15 and then two, zero, six. That you can't live with. And that's mm -hmm. and when you mm -hmm. saw Wilson with the tight end, that's what you got from Seattle tight ends is they can have that big game and then come back and really have stinkers. And that's what really kills a fancy team. Mm -hmm. I, I totally agree with you. And um, I feel like that's the same way I look at Gronk, where He's kind of like a very much hit or miss type guy where he's going to have some games out where you're going to be like, yeah, I started Gronk. He was great. And there's going to be other games because you have AB, you have Evans, you have Godwin, you have the running backs, two of them at that. So it's a lot of people to get the ball to consistently expect huge numbers out of a guy like Gronk. But the thing about it is, like, we keep going back to this is not a deep position. Gronk still finished in the top 10 at your tight end position last season. Now, was he high end? No. When you look at him in comparison to a guy like Waller, Waller scored almost, uh, what is it, 124 points. points more, yeah. He basically doubled him up. So, you know, that's something to consider when you're looking at the position. And that's, again, why I can understand why someone might take pits a little bit higher is because he does have upside, but it is a big <clears> risk at that. Well, does it mean with Gronk is, is again, they – He's someone that if you want to call manage, you know, uh, load manage, work manage. Um, he said himself last year, they they were giving him plays off. What's his name? Um, started coming in. Oh, my God. What, what's the backup again? Uh, O.J. Howard. But he got O.J. Howard. So you saw a lot of that where they took Rob out they for parts of the game. They had break, then come back in. Yeah, and then come back in. So that's what you're going to have with Gronk. I'm assuming they're going to keep doing that because – they saw what the end result was when the Gronk was in the playoffs. They got what they needed, right? So uh, again, to me, um, that's that's the biggest issue with Gronk is 
they they might not play him as consistently. But again, OJ Howard could also leave. He could be a trading um, where he where he gets traded somewhere, and then that opens up for more for Grant. But I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely very true, and it's all things that we have to look at as we're going into the off season. Another player that's in the exact situation is going to be Zach Ertz. I think I'm assuming Zach Ertz is going to be traded, but we don't know for sure, so we have right. to see. But I think his upside tremendously um, skyrockets if he's able to get away from that Philly situation and go to a place that he can actually get some targets and become you know, a relevant part of the offense again. And I think that helps Dallas Goddard and puts Goddard up another a rung, I feel like, in my rankings, taking Goddard from like you know eighth to maybe I, I might have Goddard on the same level as a TJ Hawkinson. Yeah, uh, I can see that. Yeah. All right. Um, with that being said, that that's you know the wrap for our tight end rankings. Uh, you got a good breakdown of how we have the players. Uh, we're going to be doing updated rankings throughout the season and and throughout this preseason in order to make sure that everyone is up to date and ready to go for their drafts. So right. definitely stay tuned and and stay uh, uh, ready for our next draft episode, so we can actually give you more nuggets of information as we start to get them and we start to see what's going on in training camp and preseason and be able to start deciphering the code of the tight end. And and definitely check us out on Instagram TD Blitz, me and Twitter at TDS. Ricky on Instagram as well. You're going to see daily probably posts of football from here on in. Uh, just little tidbits, players that we are just looking at, mm-hmm. think might do good, might not, questions about. Mm-hmm. But then we just definitely uh, give us a look at, uh, on Instagram. Um, hit me up on Twitter at TDS Ricky. Mm-hmm. And as always, I'm, I'm at Instagram TDS Taco. Um, I'm always giving takes, giving my opinions, giving my thoughts. Uh, just to reference what Ricky was saying, this is our new Instagram page, TDS Blitz. This is for our fantasy football people only. As we see here, we're talking different players. We're showing some of the different things that that you know these guys are doing. We're we're comparing and debating uh, the players that that are that are you know going in, in their general range. As we see here, the, this most recent post. I was comparing Najee Harris, Joe Mixon, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, David Montgomery, and we and we did it with a little bit of uh, humor, <laughs> as they say. So it's definitely a good thing to check out. It's going to be a great resource uh, for you guys to use throughout the season. Like Ricky said, there's going to be consistent content there every single day. Um, you're going to probably start seeing multiple posts a day coming up. So it's definitely going to be a good place for you guys to follow in order to make sure you win your leagues. On that note, we are done. Have a wonderful evening, everyone. And again, peace.